So now we're going to look at just how well we all did collectively with average draft position. How well did we predict the 2021 season? And what can we learn from it for 2022? Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. All right, welcome back, Fusion Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Josh. And yeah, we're going to talk about ADP. How well did we do? So I got my hands on Superflex ADP from all the way back at the end of August. And I took our results and I compared it to what we had. And I had some interesting, hopefully interesting analysis uh, I did a couple actually tweet threads a couple weeks ago, even three weeks ago for the first one. And, oh, geez, it might have even been a month at this point. Anyway, f- check me out at Fusion FFB. I will link to those with the tweet I put out, out about this episode. So you can go back and find them and reference them. But I'm going to be referencing what I put into those threads. Um, it's mostly all there. But uh, basically what I did, just so I can set the picture, you get understanding of, of, of how this works uh, methodologically. So I took the average draft positions for uh, individual players um, by position and then just at, at individually um, how many points they scored in the top group and so on. I broke it into tiers, so you have the... Point per game. I did it by point per game. So we kind of help out any injury issues. So we have, you know, the top 12 point per game producers in a super flex and what their average scores were points per game. And then 13 through 24. Right. So this is like first round, second round. If we drafted every player in precisely the um, order that they produced points per game in this is how it would break down and but instead of calling those rounds or anything like that i'm going to refer to those as tiers so when i'm talking about tiers of point per game production that's what i'm talking about so i say first round tier that's the top 12 point per game players and then i broke it down by what they were actually costing in adp um, compared to what they produced uh, a couple different things. First of all, so being super flex uh, and just scoring in general favors quarterbacks. They score the highest, um, so there are going to be more of them. So I'll just go through it. In the top tier, right, there were six quarterbacks, three running backs, three wide receivers. Okay, the, In the top 12, no tight end. Finished top 12. In per, points per game, um, of the quarterbacks, three of those six actually had an ADP cost inside the top 12 picks, right? Which is like Josh Allen and I think it was Kyler Murray maybe and Josh Allen, I'd, I had said him, uh, Mahomes, I think. I'd have to double check the names. The names are not important here, just so we're clear. I am looking for patterns within the positions. I am looking for who 
was worth what positions were worth taking where and what positions were not worth taking where there's one big takeaway from all of this we'll get into and another one that uh, I'm also I would suggest I, I see a pattern in but we'll get there so out of the six quarterbacks that scored in that top tier only three were actually taken in that and returned so I'm really coming at this from the other direction. I'm saying they were taken in the top 12. Did they return top 12 point per game? Half of them dead. So that's a 50% hit rate on first round quarterbacks. Running backs. Three running backs returned a uh, top 12 point per game. I believe that was Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, and Austin Eckler as well. Um, but only two of those were being taken in the first round. Eckler was just outside the first round in ADP. Uh, so actually, we're really doing 66% here on the running backs because Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor did return and they were taken. Now, this isn't saying, obviously, there were more running backs than that being taken in first rounds that then missed, okay? But I'm just saying... Of the running backs that did hit, they were being taken in the first round. It's not like it's not like none of them made it, and all of the running backs that produced in the top tier were actually from later rounds. No, there were players taken in the first round at the running back position that did return that cost. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Now, just like I said there, that's how it was for the wide receivers. None of the wide receivers taken in the first round uh, actually returned first round value. Three wide receivers finished in the top points per game, uh, but none were being drafted. None of them had an ADP cost in the top 12. Now, there weren't as many of them, to be honest. Okay, a lot of wide receivers were going starting to go in the second round. So we'll see how they did in the second round. Now, as far as what those points were, the top tier there averaged 22.7 PPR points. Um, this is four-point touchdown, if I have that correct, uh, for quarterbacks. There's not much differentiation there. They're all, you know, 22.5, 22.7, 22.8 by position. It's it, There's not much variance there. All right, so 22 points. Uh, twenty. The, the last guy in that tier... Give you 21 points. So that's like the cutoff. If you get 21 points and up, you're a top 12 guy, you're returning. That's a pretty, that's a lot to, to ask, to be honest. Uh, and I think most of us would be happy if we just got like 18 from a guy we took in the first round and be like, you know what? He didn't, he didn't like hit, but he didn't miss either. And you'd be happy with that. So looking at the second round, that's what really we see here. The average minimum score of the, uh, Second tier is 18 points. The last, the 24th place, it was 18 points per game. In this tier, though, we do see quarterbacks are scoring like 20 and a half points per game, whereas running backs in this tier are down at the bottom 18 at 0.15, right? So their average is much lower within this tier. So basically, the, the top of this tier is running backs and, I mean, quarterbacks and wide receivers. And the bottom of this tier is running back. But of the 12 in this tier, again, six quarterbacks finished in this point production tier, four running backs, and two wide receivers. Okay, that's the breakdown. 
And as far as ADP, again, three of those six quarterbacks were being drafted in the second round. So that's good again. Uh, three of those running backs, three of those four running backs were drafted in this range. And so once again, we have a very con much more consistent hit rate with the running backs and, and quarterbacks too. Uh, wide receivers, again, not a single wide receiver that finished in this range was drafted uh, at this range or earlier. You know, they could have been drafted in the, the first round or later, like they returned value uh, at value because they, they cost less, but they were producing up at this level. Okay, but of the guys that were drafted at that cost, um, of those group, only three running backs, three quarterbacks, and no wide receivers actually returned the value. Um, that's going to change here in the third round. So in the third round, the, the last guy in this tier scored 16.8 points per game. All right, so almost 17 Again, no variation in points by position here. This is the first time we see an actual tight end hitting at cost. Uh, so before this, in the first and second round, there were no running backs being drafted in the first round that returned tier one points per game. There was no tight end being taken in the second round that returned uh, second round, uh, second tier or better points per game either. I hope I'm saying that clearly because that's really important, because that's the big takeaway, is top two round tight ends are not returning value. Now, this is not tight end premium. I bet if there was a tight end premium, that would be a little bit different. But if you're not in a tight end premium, do not buy into the early tight end. Uh, I don't know what to call it now. I think it's a con. I think it's a theory that people think sounds smart, and it worked if you took Kelsey, um, but even this year it didn't work. If you took Kelsey, he wasn't top. He wasn't top twelve in points per game, but he was. He had an ADP up there. Um, so here we go. Of the top twelve, uh, sorry, of this third tier, again twelve more players. Three of them were quarterbacks. Two of them were running backs. Six of them were wide receivers, and we have the one tight end and it is Kelsey um, who finished in this range for points per game okay but that's Kelsey right he he's his ADP was much higher than this so he did not meet his cost all right there were two wide receivers taken uh, that did match their cost two of the six uh, one of the two running backs and one of the three quarterbacks this is where quarterbacks really start to drop off so basically at this point, quarterbacks are still getting picked in Superflex, but they're not actually returning points equal to the other positions being taken at this point, namely wide receivers, a couple of running backs. All right. Um, looking at the fourth tier, the minimum is about 15 and a half points. Uh, yeah, it's all around around 16 average among all the positions. Uh, there's five quarterbacks, two running backs, three wide receivers, and one tight end. Yes, that only adds up to 11. Uh, that was just a weird math thing where there was a tie. 11 players ended up in this tier, and there's actually 13 in the fifth tier because of a tie. Uh, 
I didn't try to fix it, but that's just how the math worked out. Uh, none of these quarterbacks, five quarterbacks, not a single one of them at this point returned round four draft ADP. Just didn't do it. Uh, both of the running backs that were drafted, uh, that did produce in this tier, were drafted in this range. So the myth of the dead zone running back, I don't think it's a myth. I think there's a lot of running backs that were probably taken in this area that did not return. But the two that did return the points um, in this tier were, in fact, there were ones that drafted in this range that did produce at this points per game or better. Just so we're clear, it's not necessarily the same players. So these two players that were drafted in this ADP, they might have actually been some of the ones, and I'm pretty sure they were, Fournette and such, are some of the running backs in higher point-per-game tiers uh, that were not drafted in those tiers, if that makes sense. Remember, like there were four running backs in the second tier and only three returned that value. Well, Fournette, I'm pretty sure, is that fourth one, and he was drafted all the way back here. So uh, now we're going to go all the way down to fifth, tier and i'm not going to go further than that i'm not going to bore you more 14 and 0.8 points um again there's 13 in this tier only a couple quarterbacks four running backs seven wide receivers no tight ends again points per game are you hearing me guys points per game tight ends were not good again not tight end premium but in points per reception ppr leagues just regular old ppr Tight ends are not returning the high ADPs at all. Um, four Again, there were four running backs in this ADP range that did produce or outproduce their ADP in points per game. Um, there were only two of the wide receivers in this range. And again, it's important to, important to note, I'm not saying these are the same exact players. I'm saying the equivalent cost in ADP towards the equivalent production tier in points per game how much overlap was there there or again they could have outproduced uh their adp and they still would count in the uh when i when i say if they they met cost that still counts so again four running backs in this range met their cost that's again a good amount um I'm going to stop it right there. I'm not going to keep going beyond the, the top five rounds, uh, 60 ADP. Basically what we're seeing there and the big takeaway is that there was a lot more running backs that were actually meeting their cost. Um, quarterbacks at the very top were actually meeting their cost. Tight ends at the top were not, absolutely not meeting their cost. And wide receivers were pretty hit or miss right around the third round. There's a lot of them in that point per game range, but they're getting drafted many times in the second round, but only returning third tier points per game production, if that makes sense. Uh, so you're welcome to start taking them there. And that's fine if you've got like a quarterback and running back first two rounds. If you want to pivot to the wide receivers and start stacking up a bunch of them, play anchor running back, anchor quarterback, that's, I think, a very good approach. And then late round tight end, guys. I 
I got to go late round tight end. Um, what I'm seeing with the numbers for tight ends, even average points over the last couple of years, is the middle class of tight ends is slowly growing. We have players in those tiers who I think are capable of making the leap. We saw a lot of people not giving Mark Andrews the credit he should have been given, and he outproduced everything and was tight end one. We see guys like Gasecki and Goddard just producing and people think of those as doing bad but we're talking about the tight end six and seven if you don't have to overpay they can return at cost in you know sixth seventh round just don't take them top five four or five rounds and you'll be fine you know get a nice little group of mid-range tight ends and you're good uh if you overpay for top tight end unlike other positions you're going to be stuck if he gets injured you know this is why zero running back works because a lot of running backs come in and fill in and yes not as well but they step in and they fill in if you're waiting till mid-season you're not picking up a tight end that you will be able to consistently start now, you can absolutely, in many leagues, non-dynasty leagues, just redraft leagues, you can absolutely stream tight ends. I do it all the time. Absolutely. So in redrafts, that's absolutely um, my go-to approach is draft one of these guys in a later to mid-round that I think could hit You know, the Goddard, the Fant. Uh, if you'd been smart this year, you could have waited and got Schultz, right? And then... Uh, you know, takes a couple shots on those guys and maybe one of them hits and is your guy every week. But if he doesn't, you're not so tied to them in sunk cost that you're not going to take chances on the waivers on guys. And that's what happens. These top tight ends, they cost you a lot. You have to start them and you're not spending waivers actively chasing the guys that you could get. You're not going and picking up Schultz. And then he ends up as, what, tight end three or something like that? Like, you're not picking up Schultz if you paid top dollar for starting tight end. You're spending your waivers and your, your fab bucks on some other position, not tight end. And so you're missing out. Um, and again, like I said, the other thing I take away from this is running backs win in doubt. Like, just take a, a good running back. And it comes down to individual players still, absolutely. But they are much more consistently producing what we think they're going to produce. Uh, we're much, much better at guessing what they're going to produce. Now, I kind of parallel to this research, I just kind of rattled off a lot of numbers. But parallel to that, I also took a slightly different approach looking at it. So let's cast a wider net and be a little bit more forgiving and not go just round by round and tier by tier. Let's just say, okay, of... Uh, Starting with top 12, we are going to stop with 12, but we're going to expand it out to wider and wider nets. So let's just say of the top 12, and this is an ADP that is that is one quarterback for this, this section right now. All right, so bear with me. Um, and it's just positional ADP at this point. It's not overall across all position, just positional. Um, seven running backs that were projected to be the top 12 in their position finished in the top 12 seven of the top 12 okay so that's pretty good um 10 
of the top 12 quarterbacks were predicted. Uh, Burrow barely missed it. He was at 13th. And then Kirk Cousin was the uh, number 11. And uh, once again, does better than everyone thinks. Okay, so 10 of the top 12 were projected to be top 12 quarterbacks. Seven of the top 12 running backs uh, were projected to be top 12. Only five of the wide receivers that finished in the top five of wide receiver, top 12 wide receivers were projected to be top 12 wide receivers. Only five. And only seven of the 12 for tight ends. And there were, of course, Schultz and, and Knox were big surprises in there. And we had some big names like Waller and Howe. Hawkinson fall out because of injury. Um, and again, this is this is in season finish. This isn't PPR. So this is a different approach than what I was doing before. This is just where did we think positionally they were going to finish and how did they finish total points? Uh, let's wider net. Top 24. How did quarterbacks do? 18 of top 24 were projected according to ADP. 14 of the top 24 running backs. 13 of the top 24 wide receivers 18 of the top 24 tight ends so actually we're we're getting really good at tight end twos <laughs> right we're getting really good at the top group of predicting who's going to be in there um how about top 36 just for just for running back and wide receiver i'm not going to do that to, to quarterbacks and tight ends um but 24 of the top 36 running backs were projected correctly and top 22 uh 22 of the top 36 wide receivers. So wide receivers come in a little bit stronger, second and third. Uh, you know, the, the 36 through 13 group of the projected by ADP. But that's really ugly for the top wide receivers. Wide receiver ones, top 12 wide receiver ones. Only 12 of them were actually predicted to be in the top 12. That's pretty rough. Uh, meanwhile, seven of the top 12 running backs. It's, that's not a ton better, but it is absolutely uh, better. And now what happens before even more forgiving? We're saying how many of the top 12 were at least predicted to be in the top 24 or 36? Okay. Again, all 12 quarterbacks were absolutely projected in top 24. Okay. Burrow and Cousins, like I said. Um, 10 were t 10 running backs. 10 of the top 12 running backs were supposed to be in the top 36. Mm, that's not like that doesn't actually sound great um nine of the top 12 wide receivers were projected to be in the top 36 and 10 tight ends in the top 24 so that's not too bad but that's not great either you would have thought you know hopefully would do a little bit better than that but there's always some ex odd um top 12 i'm trying to think who was in there there's basically connor right things like that all right, so my conclusions, again, in both of these separate studies and different ways of looking at it, they both come to kind of the same conclusions that uh, we were better at predicting the running backs. Um, the wide receivers, yeah, this was a rough year for wide receiver, to be fair, but it has been this way for a little while. Um, weight on wide receiver, of course, it goes in by the individual, you know, like where I had a chance to get Adams in the early second round, you know, I absolutely took Adams, okay? So don't be silly. Where you can get Cooper Cup, same position this year, in the top of the second round. Okay, he's going to be one of those guys I think that can return. But as a whole, don't be 
planning on getting wide receivers in the second round if you don't need to. If you can start hitting them in the third or even fourth round for a couple of rounds, that's where so many of the top guys are coming from and are actually going to return at value on your ADP. And the running backs, we know where they are, but they're just not returning on the actual points. If you're in a tight end premium, you can boost that up a little bit. I would be very careful with the early round tight end. The elite tight end approach, uh, I'm going to look into it more as far as like how it actually worked out winning leagues for people, but I really don't think it helped many people this year. Uh, it really didn't. If you had Kelsey, it was nice, you know, but he wasn't winning you your league. If you had Andrews, he was helping you win your league because he cost so much less, you know, and he was actually returning not only at cost, but above and beyond. And that's what helps you win. That's what puts you above uh, everyone else and makes your team exceptional. So there's exceptions out there, but we need to be careful uh, where we're reaching for exceptions and where we're taking players at value that have the potential to be exceptions. Those are two different things. When we can get a player at cost who we think is going to return cost, but also has the potential to return much, much more, those are the players I'm chasing. I don't want to buy a player at cost and hope he can even return at cost and know that he's never going to be able to exceed it. You're never going to be able to exceed it. All right. Okay, guys, that was a lot of numbers and stuff. Um, I also wanted to say, if I'm not around as much, if you don't hear from me, it's not because I'm disappearing uh, like I did for a while in the season. Actually, what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm doing some self-education. I am learning, trying to learn some Python right now. We'll see how that goes. My goal is to be able to actually build some more things and do things like applications, phone apps, right? Where a lot of the tools and stuff I like building, I can actually put out to you. So speaking of tools, uh, Rookie Vision, right now we've got the combine going on. Uh, I will be trying to get a 22 version of Rookie Vision out this coming week. Um, It'll be continually updated as more things come out um, and are brought together. But at least I want to be able to get it up so you can compare college production to other players. And then when it's in there, also combine athleticism numbers. Uh, it's a really cool tool, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that lets you take players um, from all the way back to 2003. Sorry, Dave. 2003. I said somewhere online, I thought it was uh, earlier than that, but it goes all the way back to 2003, combine results and uh, production numbers where as much as, as best as we can get them. You can type in a name on one side and then another name on the other side, and you can see a comparison. And then I got some visual elements in there, so it lets you see even just visually the percentile result as well as the, the raw number. You know, so you can see how fast their 40 was or what their height is. And then it'll give you the, the percentile within that position. Um, so it's really nice to compare, kind of figure out what you know NFL players they can compare to and what they're similar to. 
And uh, hopefully it'll be out next week. And then hopefully a year from now, that'll be an app on your phone. So I'm not going to be around as much. going to be uh, investing time more into working on that. But I'm still going to have uh, a toe in you know the water. I don't want to get completely out of touch here. So uh, if you don't hear from me as much, that's why. Thanks, guys, for listening this far. Um, I hope that I hope that as much as you know, everyone's excited about rookies and NFL and everything. Um, a lot of people don't want to take the time to really look back and learn. I see a lot of mistake repeating, like on fantasy football Twitter, all the time. People are saying things. And I'm like, guys, we should have learned this lesson already. And I can cite, you know, this happened in two, like last last week, talking about Cup. You're making the same mistake uh, that people were making with Antonio Brown in 2017 and you say that to someone now and it's like oh that doesn't matter and they're very dismissive and they have all kinds of reasons for why you know they know better now um but all of those are hindsight reasons that we didn't know back when you were in that time and place you know they really really thought that it was a good idea to rank Odell Beckham and Mike Evans ahead of Antonio Brown in ADP. We really thought that was a good idea. And people are convinced it's a really good idea to have Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson ahead of Cup. And more likely than not, these young players are going to be more volatile than we like. Uh, Meanwhile, Cup is entering his golden age, right? And I'm not saying he's going to have the same season he had last year, but he could score 79 points less and still be uh, would have had more points than Adams had last year. So um, it's just things like that. I try to learn from the past and hopefully with this ADP stuff that gave you um, another good picture of what happened last year, patterns that we can learn from, how I'm going to be drafting again, uh, very much uh, whatever you want to call it, anchor, running back, hero, RB, whatever. Um, I'm definitely going to be, I personally am actually going to be going more robust running back. I guess not technically robust since I'm not going crazy with it, but I want two or three solid running backs early because the best insulation for the fragility at the running back position I don't think is falling back on being assuming I'm going to be able to get the Eli Mitch uh, Elijah Mitchell or Rashad Penny um, or Chuba Hubbard or something like that I think the best way is to just have another top running back ready to move from your flex into your running back slot and just keep going and yeah now you have wide receivers and other guys who can slip into that flex spot but i'd rather have three starting quality running backs and match them um than try to get by with a replacement level or less waiver pickup um i think that is actually the net negative approach and i'd rather have a nice stable of running backs uh, especially because these wide receivers that are being taken later are producing, and that you know that approach that approach worked. You know, once again, the the Cooper Cups, the you know Tyler Lockett for as much hate as he gets at ADP, he was producing. The Mike Williams way later than that. These guys are you know re- returning points, and uh, you can get them after taking two or three running backs. Uh, all right. That's what I hope you took away from this. Um, as well, of course, don't take early tight end. All right, guys. Thanks again. 
See you next time, whenever that is.